Thanks a lot for doing this. Normally, I would introduce you as the executive director of the Broadway Neighborhood Center, but you have a new job. Congratulations. Tell us about it. Thank you so much. Um, last year, I was asked to uh, be part of this amazing initiative. Uh, it's called Nadina Waymack. It was a, um, a bunch of different partners, you know, End Homelessness and uh, a few others. And we had three and a half weeks to get a warming shelter up and running, which is at 190 uh, 200 Israeli, 75,000 square feet. So it's a, a really, really, really exciting, um, like I said, initiative. It's Indigenous-led. Uh, and right now, I was only supposed to be there for four weeks. I've been there almost eight months now. So we're working on a business plan. We have, uh, uh, we're at capacity almost every day, about 150 people. Uh, we have a TP up. We have a, a ceremony there. We have a smudge every day. And I think the uh, the the outcome or the objective is to have um, like a one-stop center, you know, have everything available there from uh, uh, health needs to, um, um, uh, you know, addiction services, anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. yeah. And awesome. while I'm happy and while I'm happy about your new job and you sound excited about it, you and I have talked off air about it. It is, I guess, concerning that there's the need out there, right? But we have to be realistic about this. There is an incredible need for this sort of stuff. Well, you're absolutely right. If you look at the other uh, the other centers, which have been an amazing uh, support to us, Main Street Projects, Alone Mission, and uh, and so on, they've been amazing, and we're all at capacity. So. Had we not gone up by December 1st last winter, and you know what that winter was like, you mm-hmm. can only imagine how many uh, terrible tragedies uh, uh, we, we averted, right? So, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's, there's a big need for it. Um, you know, addictions, um, you know, um, residential school, like it's indigenous-led, like I said, we... We, mm-hmm. we, uh, everybody's welcome, but there's a, a large percentage of in, indigenous, um, as we say, relatives staying with us. So they're mm-hmm. treated as family. It's a little bit of a different, uh, a, a different thing. Sure. I wanted to bring you on. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, some exciting news for, for Indian city, uh, your band or band that you're, you're involved in. Um, and we will get to that, I promise. But you have been around for, gosh, over 20 years, I guess, um, you know, in, in youth uh, programs and whatnot. And we've talked a lot about the, the problem of youth crime, the issue. Uh, and we've talked a bit about solutions. But uh, I want to get into that a bit with you. As we see youth crime on the rise, these programs are really important, ones that, like that you've been involved in uh, for a long time. Uh, but yet we've had a difficult couple of years because of the pandemic, right? And so a lot of those programs weren't available. Just give me your thoughts on on youth crime. It gets a lot of attention right now, and 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 what are the causes? Um, I can't speak to all of the causes because there's you know there's so many you know situational, family, uh, poverty, of course. But the amazing partners you know, that are out there from Boys and Girls Club to, you know, Art City and so on, a graffiti gallery. There's there's so many opportunities for young people. And the problem, as you mentioned earlier, is we had three years of COVID, right? So it, it hasn't allowed young people to take advantage of those youth programs 
and therefore, um, you know, they became even more isolated. It, it, it's just my opinion that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, people spend too much time on social media and not enough time interacting. And it seems that, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff starts on social media. And then when they run into each other, uh, not knowing how to sort of, you know, talk through it or they lose those skills, you know, as far as I'm concerned. But I think it's time to really get back to uh, um, back to the youth programs. And, and we need to focus more on that. But we need to look at, I always use the, the term, meet them at their point of interest. We can't just say, well, you know, we're going to do ping pong across the city you know, for the next uh, six months, uh, you know, kids are going to be, uh, that's, we're not interested in that. So we've got to find things, um, you know, that help develop them emotionally, physically, socially, you know. And uh, one of the programs that I really like that, that's out there, and it's not necessarily for youth, but it's a program with Mitch Borbino and, and uh, uh, he's doing such a great job on the street, and, and it's called Action Therapy where they team somebody up with uh, somebody who's, who's had a lived experience and, you know, they get to walk around and, and, and talk with them and get mentored by them. I think, you know, I'm not talking about what are those clubs we used to have big brothers, big sisters, not that kind of a thing where you're just going out to play uh, ping pong, but you know, somebody that, you know, you recognize, you can look at their face and you see mm-hmm. yourself in the reflection of, of them and then you're learning about life and life on the street, you know, um, maybe some former gang members, maybe some former uh, executives, people from all walks of life, you know, participating in this, this you know, action therapy type of a thing. But I, I think that, you know, COVID is, is you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's to me, it's troubling enough that social media is the only way to communicate. How many times have you been to a restaurant uh, or a social event and the whole family sitting at the table uh, and uh, every single one of them is on their cell phone, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and, and not, not talking about, uh, you know, life and lessons and things, but. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're not wrong. Uh, the action therapy that, that you talked about there with Mitch, it's almost like a mentorship program, right? If they, if, if uh, all people, but if young people can see somebody, um, turn their life around or succeed in an area of interest that they have. You know, music is one. You talked about making it interest. Ping pong may not interest young people. Certainly music does, for example. And I know you've had programs uh, that focus in on that when you were at the uh, uh, Broadway Neighborhood Center. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think we've got to figure out what's going to work. And I think it's really easy to say, oh, the pandemic's been tough. And it has been tough. But we've got to get back at these programs or figure out a way to get back at it. And and I'll just say this. I'll contribute my thought on this. I think all of us need to look for young people in our lives, whether it's the, the son or daughter of a friend, or and, and just involve them and let them know that you're there and maybe they'll turn to you when they need help. Am, am I am I right on that, Spatch? I I think we all need to be there for our young people. Yeah, I agree one hundred and fifty percent. I think that uh, if there's an opportunity for you to uh, encourage young people or young persons to get involved in something that seems sort of out of their comfort zone or out of the box, you know, if you want to use that that terminology will make a big difference, um, you know, especially, and, and you know what, with action therapy and, and programs like that, it, it tends to lead to 
uh, an employment opportunity as well, or, or instills confidence and, and, uh, you know, self value in, in, in people. And I think that uh, we have to get back to doing that and start, instead of saying you can't, instead of saying, why me? You have to say, why not me? You know, getting mm-hmm. young people to, to believe that there's opportunities and, and a future for them to, uh, to real, you know, realize their success, you know, like, uh, or their goals. Yeah. Spatch, hang on. I'm going to take a quick break, and, and we'll talk about the exciting news uh, for the band Indian City on the other side of this break. Weather forecast details coming up, and then we'll continue to talk with Lawrence Spatch Mulhall, Indian City, has a record. Do they even call them record deals anymore? I'm not sure. Anyhow, we'll find out about that when we come back here. Connecting Winnipeg, Hal, on CJOB. Let's uh, bring back in here Lawrence Patch Mulhall, uh, all the stuff he does, all of his accomplishments, and uh, exciting news on the band front. Um, yeah, I feel really blessed and honored to do all the things that I do. Uh, Indian City... Eagle and Hawk are definitely uh, two of the, the big things in my life. And, and, and the vocalist you were hearing there was uh, Jim Cuddy from Blue Rodeo. Can you yeah. imagine that on one of our songs? Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Very cool. So tell us about this deal with Warner. Okay. Um, so, unfortunately, we lost our leader. Uh, Vince Fontaine died uh, last January. And some things were in motion as far as, uh, you know, promoting the record. And he passed away. And soon after he passed away, um, the band was uh, approached by Warner Brothers, uh, kind of a distribution deal, I guess you would imagine, a three-year distribution deal. Uh, so the record will be, uh, Code Red will be re-released um, uh, September 30th. So July 29th was our Warner Brothers release uh, about uh, signing Indian City. For the for like I mentioned, the re-release of Code Red in September, and the album was Vince Fontaine's last project that he completed before he suddenly passed this January. It was also the first single, uh, Star People with Jim Cuddy, that was released from uh, uh, Code Red. So that's out right now, and it's been out for maybe three days, and we already have twenty-five thousand views on it. Isn't that amazing? Wow. You know, and and I didn't even know there were record deals anymore, to be honest with you. So when I when I saw this and we were going to talk youth crime and your new job and stuff, I thought we've got to talk about this. Uh, this is a big deal, and in fact, I I you know, and I'm glad you brought up Vince, and I probably should have done that. The passing of Vince Fontaine, we had you on our air when he when he passed away. I just got this text message uh, uh, just now at two zero four seven eighty sixty eight sixty eight. How my wife's father was Vince Fontaine of Indian City. He, he is probably so proud of his band and his bandmates for this accomplishment. It, you know, it is sad that, that Vince is gone, but, the, you know, I, I believe uh, when we lose people, they're watching us, they're always around us, and I'm sure Vince would be proud of this. Oh, you know what? Vince worked extremely hard on this project for over a year and was... was so happy when Jim Cuddy agreed to uh, co-write and, and, and be on the record and also Chantel Kriviasek and, um, you know, Donna Merrill's on there as well. Uh, Vince, Vince was just was so happy uh, and he would be extremely thrilled to know that there's, uh, 
you know, the videos out and that there's, you know, 25,000 or more views. I think, uh, I think he's watching. I think he's aware of it. Uh, we try to keep him involved and a part of uh, everything that's, that we're doing moving forward. Uh, you know, the family supportive, community supportive. And uh, yeah, we just, we just wish uh, he was still here with us and, and moving forward with us, you know? Yeah. Spatch, continued success. Thanks a lot for doing this. I appreciate it. Can I just mention the uh, so the Facebook page? We are Indian yeah. City. Uh, Instagram, Indian City Music. And our website is indiancity.ca. Uh, and I think the second uh, single, the release, will be August 26th, which will be Wannabe with Chantal Kreviasek. And you know what, Hal? Thanks for all the work that you're doing for having me on. And uh, anytime you need me, I'm here. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye-bye now. Lawrence Patch Mulhall talking about his, his new job, youth crime, which, of course, is an issue that we have talked a lot about recently here on CJOB. And this deal with Warner, uh, his band Indian City has, has a deal. Lisa Dutton now. Marnie Blunt has done a story on how people are turning to thrift stores to save a few bucks right Uh, good morning lisa dutton how are you good morning i'm just cutting through the air here it is thick out there oh yes even even this morning before i went on the air i i snuck out onto the deck for a bit and i thought boy it's going to be humid today they say a humidex of 37 yeah it's a tad sticky Mm-hmm. Well, let's start there, and then we'll get to the thr- the, the uh, thrift store uh, story in just a second. Are you, are you our question of the day at cjob.com? I just uh, put it out there before the news at eleven thirty. Are you feeling like summer has flown by? Have you got enough summer yet? As we're already into August now, uh, never enough for me. But I, I did I did see <laughs> yesterday uh, a quote that said August is like the Sunday of summer. Yeah. <laughs> Right. You know, you do. You get that panicky feeling. It's half over. There's only a handful of weekends. And they mean a lot to me. You know, those summer days are, they're magical, especially with the kids. And my older son is growing up. He's a teenager now. And uh, mm-hmm. myself and a, and a few of, of the other teenage moms were talking about how, you know, we really only have a couple summers left of of these boys as kids. Because mm-hmm. it's like... In a year or two, they're going to have jobs. They're going to have summer schedules. They're going to be going in another direction. So not only am I feeling the August panic, but I'm feeling just the overall growing up panic. They're slipping away so quickly, those those summers with the kids. Yeah, I'm kind of, kind of going off script here, but, you know, I, you, you talk about your boys growing up. Uh, like, are you one of those moms that you're okay if they're living in the basement at, at 25? Uh, <laughs> or, or are you going to say, hey... Get out there. The real world is waiting. I'm encouraging the real world. Uh, you know, I don't. I definitely don't want a basement dweller. But that <laughs> that said, I'm. You know, I'm in tune with the fact that things are going to be different for our kids. Yep. You know, buying a home in our in our late 20s, early 30s was attainable for myself and my mm-hmm. husband. And I don't know if it's going to be for this next generation of kids growing up. Do you remember this skit with Chris Farley that said? Be careful or you could be living in a van down by the river. The river, right. Now yeah. it's like, I hope my kids can afford a van. <laughs> down by the river. Down by the river. <laughs> that would be wonderful. 
Yeah. Let's, Boy, that's, let's that's make good that living. the goal. It's not the basement. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which kind of gets us now into uh, inflation talk and how Marty Blunt had this story, uh, you know, that more and more people are turning to thrift stores to save a couple of bucks. Mm-hmm. Listen, my wife is, you know, Jackie, a stylist, and, and she has often gone, she loves going to thrift stores because she finds great stuff there. So much of stuff that was in fashion in the past is back in now. So it doesn't surprise me that people are going to thrift stores. Right. And, you know, I've always enjoyed kind of two different ways of thrifting. I like going, taking a deep dive into a thrift store and kind of looking for that gem, that diamond in the rough, probably something Mm. similar to Jackie, you know, finding something designer in a big rack full of stuff at Value Village. It's it's a cool feeling. But one thing I've been noticing is I also can sign some of my kids' clothes. And what I what I do that because, you know, I can take a load of stuff that they've grown out of, you know, maybe get 50, 60 bucks back from the consignment store. And hey, that's a new pair of runners or, you know, some back to school shopping there. I kind of like to do it to offset my new costs, right, of buying mm-hmm. buying new stuff. But what I've been noticing is fast fashion is really inundating the thrift stores. So it's, you know, those brands that you can get for six or eight bucks at the big box store or at, you know, the grocery store. They're kind of making their way into these consignment stores and these thrift stores now. And I just feel like it's less special. Like I'm picking up a pair of kids' shorts and I'm like, you can't really buy Old Navy shorts at a thrift store for eight bucks because I can get them new at Old Navy for six. So as you see fast fashion grow and expand, it really is kind of people buying and consuming in large quantities and then dumping them off at these thrift stores. And it just kind of makes everything in the thrift store seem a little less special now. Does that make sense? Yep. No, it does. Absolutely. Yeah. But but you're right. It's fun to, you know, make that discovery on a rack, right? And right. Go, wow, this is uh, whatever the name is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, knew it would be worth a lot of money. And now it's, you know, three or four bucks at a, at a thrift store. I think a lot of families are sitting down as families and trying to figure out ways to save a couple of bucks here and a couple of bucks there. And these are really challenging times for everybody, but especially uh, for, uh, you know, the poor. We've talked about that many times that a lot of people can make adjustments and and deal with higher costs. Not everybody can do that. And and so it's a really difficult time. And back to school, especially, right? Yes, Mm. right. Yeah. Yeah. Are you already thinking about that? School supplies and whatnot? I am. And, you know, I've always just said back to school, like the month of September, I I feel like for a lot of families, it's just such an incredibly expensive month because you're shopping for new clothes and runners and and supplies and such. You have your school fees, which seem Mm. to be astronomical sometimes. And then on top of it all, you have those registrations that you're forced to pull the trigger on. You know, hockey registrations for many families with multiple kids, it's it's upwards of $600 a kid. So the fall is an expensive time, only to be followed by Christmas. Yes, right. Yeah, all oh, the spending never ends. The spending never ends. Yeah. What What is the the must have item? As uh, you know, here we are, August second, talking back to school. But it's mm-hmm. you know, hey, this is fact. This is the way it works. Um, is there like I can remember when I went to school? 
you know, uh, the cool pencil case or the binder or a certain color? Like, what, what's the must-have item now as kids head back to school? You know, I, I really do think it's in tech. It's in technology. The kids, yeah. you know, grade 9, now they're requesting it even early through the pandemic and remote learning. They want the kids to have a personal computer, a laptop computer. And I think the kids want the latest phone. <laughs> That's another yeah. thing that they all want. So, you yeah. know, I, I wish we could go back to the pencil case be a little bit yeah, more affordable. I don't know. I, I think that's that's all right. I think we've moved on. I was reading a story the other day about how much time young people spend on laptops. Like, it, it blew me away. I can't mm-hmm. remember the number now, but I was like, really? But, I mean, you're right. That's uh, what's expected of them now. That's okay, the, uh, the way. Rapid, rapid fire here. A couple quick ones for you. So I saw this new survey. Most shoppers, 54% of consumers say they will switch brands after one bad experience. Are you that quick to switch brands? No, I'm I'm definitely willing to give a second chance or a third chance, I think. I, I don't like when people have a bad experience and are so dismissive of a, of a brand or especially a business. And, you know, lately I've been noticing these businesses really do rely on reviews. And the power of a bad review is crazy. A nail salon I go to, um, the women there were talking to me about, you know, a couple unhappy clients have just totally sewered their business online. And so they were really like, hey, you come here, you're happy. Can you leave us a good review? Because they're trying to to build themselves back up again. And, you know, it it just made me think for every time that, that you have a bad experience and you leave a bad review. Think about the times that you have a good experience and, and leave a good one because they really are damaging to some of these businesses. You know, that's a really interesting point. I, I really try and judge uh, by the way I'm treated. And mm-hmm. when I have a good experience, I try and share that because I, I want people to know that I had that good experience. But you're right. It doesn't take very many people who, for whatever reason, sometimes it has nothing to do with the service that they've received. Yeah. When one or two people decide, you know what, we're going to make uh, life miserable for this uh, particular company or, or business. Yeah, it doesn't take much before people go and I'm very cautious about reviews online anyhow. I, I really need to hear from, you know, a, a human being. Yes, how they and you, have, you the... have to read some of those reviews and consider who they may be coming from, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, one positive or one negative experience shouldn't take a, a business down ent- entirely. And so it is important to share the good ones, too. And it's also important to remember, you know, we talk about those hospital staff shortages, which are you know, obviously worst case scenario in terms of places being short staffed, but everywhere is short staffed right now. We know Mm -hmm. this, you know, from the, the hospital to the convenience store to the newsroom, everybody's short staffed. So we should all be taking it a little easier on each other. Yeah. And just a fun one here at the end. I I don't even know if you have a thought on this or not. I see that Applebee's in the States, maybe Applebee's (laughs) here too. I don't know. But Applebee's in the state has launched a lip gloss that tastes like chicken wings. Yes. Is is this now? Would you ever put that on your lips, or is this a gag gift that a husband or, or boyfriend buys for his wife or girlfriend? I think for ninety nine percent of the population, ninety nine percent of women, this would be a gag gift. For Lisa Dutton, this would be delightful. Oh, okay. Can I get KFC gravy lip gloss? <laughs> I'm not sure. That I'm no, well, hang on a second. It does come in flavors. Okay, Miss, do you want to hear the flavors? Yes. Um, hot buffalo. Okay. Sweet chili kiss. Mm-hmm. Be my honey pepper. <laughs> uh, honey 
barbecue tea. Nice. Which is a, a, smoky, a smoky burgundy, $18 each. Wow. And if you want, if you can't decide, you know, if you talk about saving money, if you can't uh, decide on one, you can buy four of them. The combo kit is $65. If you see me licking my lips on the news tonight a lot, you'll know <laughs> I'll why. I'll know why. Yeah. I'll know why. She's been to Apple. <laughs> I'm sold. Lisa, Lisa, and you'll have all of it for us tonight at 6 o'clock on television and radio. Of course. You bet.